0: Welcome to the Motoring Podcast, your weekly discussion of motoring news. This is episode 304 on Tuesday, the 4th of February, 2020. Hello, I'm Alan.
1: Hello, I'm Andrew. And this week, where we say off we design to Frankfurt, we'll be answering a question about CO2. We wonder at what number do exclusives stop being exclusive? And we talk about tricking an algorithm. But first, we have a smidgen of follow-up. And the first one is some uh, more good news for UK manufacturing. And we discussed the EV company that had come out of stealth mode, uh, Arrival, who who now announced on the back of uh, some funding from, or quite a lot of funding from Hyundai and Kia, that UPS are now investing in them to help them produce 10,000 electric vehicles, built specifically for UPS that they're going to use in the US and Europe. So that's yeah. that's more good news on the back of good news.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've committed to purchasing 10,000 arrival vehicles. So, yeah, that's pretty cool. I really like this. Brilliant stuff. Uh, there was one other piece of follow-up, and that's that we were asked to clarify the whole CO2 calculations. Um, hang on a minute. At room 101. Uh, everyone, well, he said, just listening to the Jiminy News, and I have a question. Is it the average CO2 figure taken from the emissions of vehicles in the Suzuki range, or the actual vehicles sold slash registered? Because he listens to us when we're saying it's registered. <laughs> the answer is it's it's complicated. <laughs> and just quickly, thanks so much to Alex Grant for his help uh, with this and finding some of the background. So let's try and explain. It is the... So the ninety-five grams for, per kilometer of CO two is across the is a, is to be as an average across the entire industry uh, for passenger vehicles mm-hmm. or cars, not vans. Vans are different; one hundred and forty-five, I think, for vans. So that's that's the entire industry. Now the actual requirements on each different manufacturer vary. And it's all to do with the weight and size of vehicles built and how many are sold, i.e. registered, I assume, by that manufacturer each year. Okay, so it's based on actual sales numbers rather than just a guesswork across the range. But based on the vehicle's weight or the average average weight of a manufacturer's range (laughs) dictates how many grams per kilometer of CO2 they must average. Okay. So, and this is an article that I've got in front of me here by Hilton Holloway from 2018. At that point, JLR has had a fleet CO2 target of 132 grams per kilometer. And that's because it sells fewer than 300,000 vehicles in the EU each year, and it makes larger than average vehicles, quote unquote. Fiat Chrysler Automobiles at the time had a fleet target of 91.1 grams per kilometer because it's below because its average vehicle size is small was small and it sells more vehicles. So that's an absolute killer for Suzuki. And this is why Mm. this has all come about. It's an absolute killer for Suzuki because they make tiny little cars. And they don't sell a huge number of them. And so their number is has to be really quite low because of the tiny little lightweight cars. And then the trouble is the Jimny, the one of those, which is looks like it's going to sell most or could sell most unrestrained is 151. Is it grams per kilometer? Uh, Something like yeah, that. I yeah, forgot. Yeah. I should actually have that one, that figure in front of me as well, but it's 150 ish grams per kilometer, which is way above the average. So that's why they're having to limit the number of chimneys depending on everything else. So, What you need to do is go out, buy a hybrid Swift and a Jimny, and then you're averaging it all out. (laughs) It's a sort of buy one, get one, the same price, but you'll actually get one type of setup. So really what you want, if you really want a Jimny, you need all the rest of your friends and family to go out and buy a hybrid Swift or, or what else is in the range? Mostly a hybrid Swift, really, or a hybrid Vitara. EcoBoost. Yeah. So that's why it's an issue, and that's why it's difficult. Now, of course, if vehicles don't manage this, if manufacturers don't do that, then there is a sliding scale of horrible penalties, which are, for the first gram per kilometre that the manufacturer is over on average of that target, then it's €5 per vehicle. Okay. For the second gram, which is, you know, okay. The second gram is 15 euros oh, wow. per vehicle. Okay. The third gram, 25 euros per vehicle. And then for every single gram above that, 95 euros per vehicle. Wow. But oh, pardon me. I've just reread that and just read that that's up until 2018. For 2019 onwards, I'm sorry, that's not even, that's actually the better case scenario. From twenty nineteen onwards, pardon me, the penalty will be ninety five euros per kilometer, per gram per kilometer
1: above that ninety five. No wonder FCA wanted to buy Tesla shares or or carbon offsetting that they were trying to do,
0: and that's why carbon offsetting is so important. Because if you've got someone who just makes electric cars, they can go, ah, look, nothing, nothing, right the way through. So it's very complicated. I hope that's cleared it up a little bit. And, yeah, it explained that. I didn't realize it was weight bias and stuff until I went off and researched this. No, no, I didn't. Absolutely. As always, linkies in the show notes.
1: Yep. Right, we're going to move on to the news that all new smart motorway projects have been halted due to the campaign verging on hysterical at some point's campaign to highlight uh, some dangers on uh, smart motorways. This was... Brought to a head last week with Panorama TV and Edmund King of the AA has been shouting about this for quite a while. Now the Transport Secretary has halted these until they get the results or the response from a new uh, safety uh, safety report that's going to come out about. Them. So we'll we'll get to see about that. What I really hope will happen is we will actually use facts and. The truth, not emotions, and things that look like they could be the truth. Yes, that doesn't help. No, it doesn't.
0: So so there's quite a lot to be... A lot has been said about smart motorways already. Let's not add any more hot air to it. Let's wait and see what happens. But that's, that's the current position anyway. Yes. Shall we move on now? Let's move on. I can't believe that talking about carbon emission balance numbers and stuff is actually... Better than that last story. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Less contentious. Uh, yeah, not such great news though. UK car production has hit a nine year low, mm. uh, having fallen for the third year running uh, in 2019, with a significant 14.2% decline in the number of vehicles down to 1.3 million. That's the lowest figure since 2010. And there are a couple of ways that we can actually look at it and understand why that might have happened. Obviously, the first most obvious reason for that is the Brexit shutdowns, or are the Brexit shutdowns, because, you know, those happened in both spring and autumn for for some manufacturers.
1: Thanks to the brilliance of our politicians that allowed that to happen twice.
0: Yes. We'll get to another story on brilliance of politicians coming up soon.
1: Uh, yes allowing it
0: to happen twice because awesomeness or something as well as that there were things like the like uh winding down production for the duke and then ramping up the new duke Mm -hmm. and of course then then there's there's been the the sort of backlash and the the knock-on effect of dieselgate uh, where people moved away from buying some of the types of vehicle that are make up quite a lot of uk manufacturing. Uh, JLR of course is is what I'm I'm hinting at uh, who continue to be the largest manufacturer in the uk uh, on on aggregate they built 385,197 cars. That in itself 14.3% decline. Uh, Nissan built 346,535 cars which was down 21.6. Now, remember, there was that model changeover to the new Duke, which uh, which will have impacted that quite significantly.
1: Yep. Also, their registration figures have been going down for many months, haven't they? For the Duke and stuff. Well, for Nissan, full stop. Well, for
0: Nissan, full stop, yeah. But the Duke in particular, end of life thing. Yep. Yep. Uh, Mini, by the way, is uh, 221,928. Toyota boosted production at 15%, though um, new Corolla has been quite popular. Yep,
1: yeah, but there's quite a few taxi drivers uh, locally. have got, them. and one I've had a few lifts, I've asked them about it. They said they're brilliant. I had a, I had a Corolla last time. Doesn't break down. Works awesome. Love the hybrid. Just, well, these guys are putting in serious miles. Yeah, that's that's a bit of a, that's a bit of a good shout. So I, I, I really like the look. Of
0: it. There's a reason the the Prius is so ubiquitous, mm. and it's not because it breaks down all the whole time. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, so there is actually some good news in there by the way. That was the that and uh tiny small manufacturers, you know, McLaren, Lotus, Bentley, Rolls-Royce is up uh, 16.2% and made up over 30,000 uh, over 30,000 new vehicles uh, in total. So, uh, still not a small number.
1: Yeah, good. Right, are going to move on to the news of the day, which doesn't seem to have been reported in quite this way because pitchforks have been grabbed flaming torches and people wanting to march upon that there london to burn the heretics to the ground but this is the news that the government <laughs> is going to stand in their way the government is going to consider bringing forward the ban of petrol and diesel cars from 2040 to 2035 and they will add to that that hybrid cars will also be banned so you will only be able if this So it's the sale of it's the sale
0: of the yes. sale of new sale of new it's not it's not that any already on the road are
1: going to be confiscated no. and fed into a massive car eating machine no and nor will there be billions sold in if this happens in 2034 as some seem to be hinting at so, oh, look at all these ICE cars. Uh, that that won't happen because people won't have money. So mm-hmm. that's fantasy. But they are only discussing that they might do this after consultation. Yes. We, can, we can just, for starters, calm down a little bit. Yeah. And sec- when the news came out about 2040 and the petrol diesel, we discussed it on the show. We said that should be doable with the hybrid. Now, I haven't had a chance today to sit down and think about adding, if adding the hybrid in, as well as a five years, actually makes that double whammy, make it impossible, or whether it's actually realistic and possible. Because we have to take into account, it's what you said, it's not all the old cars will be taken road. There is only a certain proportion of cars sold every year. So only so many people buy a new car. Yeah, Things like the price of the car will come down because some people have mentioned the cost of EVs however as we're seeing more affordable evs are coming out and that's just now that's not in 15 years time
0: and, and that's what i'm saying over 15 even if now the cost of the the costing of them is not necessarily sustainable the prices are coming down and in 15 years i would expect it to overtake remember the sort of mass adoption and manufacture and sale of EVs is very, very new. I know they've been around for a long time. I know they've been around since the early 20th century, really. But mass adoption with the the newer technologies is really very new. Yeah. What are we talking? Eight years, maybe?
1: Yeah. I as a as a as a realistically viable option, mm-hmm. I think so. Because there's other things involved in all this. Because on the one hand, you have got people saying almost going, over my dead body, you'll take the keys to my V8 out of my hand, blah, blah, blah. We'll go, okay, just relax a little bit. And on the other hand, you've got people going, ah, see, you should have an electric car because you're just killing the planet and you're awful. Well, if you could just ratchet that back a bit because that's not helping anyone. Because I've seen both sides of this today, unfortunately. Oh, yeah, a lot of. And it's it it doesn't – have we not learnt anything? This it's, That sort of attitude doesn't help anyone. So Mm -hmm. I think we've got an opportunity here, whether the government after the consultation go for 2035 or not, we are seeing across this country, lots of different tactics and actions being taken to do with transportation. It does not seem to be tied in together. Mm -hmm. So I think we have this opportunity to discuss what the real issues are and be honest about what the real issues are. Work out the reasons why. Explain the reasons why to everybody, and then come up with some realistic options that don't particular uh, people in society. So you don't pick on the poorer. You're not pandering Mm -hmm. to the rich. You know, it's we've we've all are we should. You have this ability to help us move forward and actually take a chance to to think about what we need, what transport needs to be for us now, because. Mid-20th century is not working. Mm -hmm. There are too many. Everyone says there's congestion and stuff like that. We have clearly got air quality issues. That's not for debate. There are people debating how bad climate change is and all the rest of it. Fine. Worry about arguing that later. However, I am also worried that there is a risk that we may do a knee-jerky reaction, a bit like diesels in the early 2000s, and then come back to regret it. Because I don't think all the information is available to everybody. I, I think I'll, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. Uh, and what you've made me
0: think of as you're speaking there is, I it's a quotation I came across last week, earlier in the week, about a about the a civilized civilized country and a good transport network isn't about everybody having their own. Isn't about everybody having their own electric autonomous car. It's about everybody wanting to use public transport instead being able to.
1: Mm. I would argue that us having choices, being able to select the most appropriate choice for the journey we want to take.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, that was I was I was trying to be in. Uh, that, that's the point I was attempting to support. Yeah, I, I think that's possibly what we,
1: we need to get to, which we're not at at the minute mm-hmm. by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, and, yeah, and, I, no, and I think away. if we, but it, it will it will require a massive society change in this country because we have criminally underfunded our infrastructure oh yeah and just expect things to work when we're not paying for it in any way and and we don't have a sovereign bank vault like norway have got because everyone keeps citing norway for god's sake tell the truth about why that's happened everyone come on there are serious issues with norway anyway yeah so let's let's we have to be realistic about all this. We have to be open. And this is what I'm asking for. This is what I'm saying. We need to do all the things need to be out. We need, and we, Oh, please. Can we ask the question if we do this, what are all the ramifications? Good and ill. So we know, so we can make a, so we as a society, hopefully can make an educated decision on something. And next week I will open my uh, campaign (laughs) for running for dark Lord, overlord of the universe. Votes will be uh, taken and counted. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> it's true it's true though i mean i, I can't I, I can't argue against anything you've said because it, it's what i believe as well and uh it's a complicated thing mm. and it's cars i mean the other thing of course that's gone through my head is is everybody said that you know the internal combustion engine was the best thing that ever happened to the horse <laughs> you know it could end up that the the zero emission vehicle was the best thing that ever happened to the internal combustion engine mm. But we'll see. I mean, this is crazy. Remember, remember, there is still consultation that's meant to happen after this. It's a possibility. It's something which has been announced out of the blue in one or two paragraphs. One or two muttered and stumbled through paragraphs that make this, this show seem coherent. <laughs> That's just been kind of dropped out there because it, it's a darn good announcement for a climate change conference. Yeah. As far as I can tell. Yes. That, that's, that's It's a it's an announcement for a climate change conference. Whether or not it actually has any basis in reality or can be done, I think is is probably seen as someone else's problem by the people who are announcing it. So let's
1: all just bear that in mind. Yeah, we need to remember that we are blessed with a bunch of politicians from all walks of life who are very good at saying that things will be considered. And that goes across multiple political parties. Yep. That is not a. That, that I am not picking on any specifics.
0: <laughs> it is not a specific political
1: party or it's more of politicians dick. as a species. <laughs> yes, that's what we're trying to say here. Right. Well, come on. Enough of that. Enough of that. Give us some good news, Alan.
0: Shall we hear about why there might be a sales boom for EVs? <laughs> In a fantastic piece of, I don't know why I let you do the uh, do the running order this week. But from one into the next, there are new company car tax rules coming in from April this year. And if you buy a battery electric vehicle as your company car, if you have it as your company car, then there will be no company car tax.
1: You have to plug it in.
0: And you have to plug it in. You can't just drive around in your 330e, never plugging it in and essentially having a petrol 3 series that carries around a big heavy battery. Okay, you're bad people.
1: I saw one plugged in last week.
0: Was it really plugged in? No, or yeah, Did they yeah, just kind that, of dangle the, it the, in the there rather than charge
1: As I drove past the light on the side of the oh, charger, awesome. was lit up and everything. I was only oh, really crushed because it was such a rare event.
0: <laughs> it's nice to hear there's someone who isn't necessarily an eco-motoring a journalist who do does that kind of thing. I, I really didn't think that happened. They are very heavily taxed, company cars. Let's see what happens out of that. I think people like Tesla could make a big, a big splash on that with Model Three. Well, threes. there's
1: a bit in this auto car article here that, that mentions the Nissan Leaf, which is an affordable electric vehicle. You know, on more the more affordable end of the range. And currently, they pay someone who's got a business in or the, yeah the benefit in kind tax. They would pay between 871 and 1,960 pounds in company car tax a year as of first of April. Zero. Yeah, it's
0: like getting a two grand pay rise.
1: Can we think that perhaps people may rush to the, when it comes up as the options the next time they go through, they are going to go for an an EV or a hybrid at worst.
0: I would really hope so. I'm sorry, I really, I do actually hope so. I think it's going to be very interesting the way this goes.
1: Yeah, but just just to be clear, I think though- we're going to
0: see an awful lot of black Tesla Model Threes yeah. hitting the streets.
1: Yeah, but but just to be clear. The, uh, the, the rules of this are that the free only lasts for a year. The following year, that, that same leaf would rise to between 54 and 122. Mm-hmm. And then the year after that, it'll be 109 to 245 range. So it's still okay. you're still winning significantly on what's paid now. Yeah, absolutely. No matter which way you go.
0: There is one other thing that puzzles me and troubles me about this story. It's a picture at the top where there is an ENV 200 and a Nissan Leaf parked at what looks a lot like the charger at IKEA in Milton Keynes and both cars have the both vehicles have the same number plate.
1: Mm.
0: Mm. There we go. Freaky stuff. Yes. Good spot. Mm. Thank you. I just I'm just proving that I've actually read the read the stories this week. One last story to take us up to the to half time minute, <laughs> half time. It's not half time. And that's all about Aston
1: Martin, which was the big news at the beginning of the week. Yes, it was. We thought we thought this was going to be it, but yeah. more good news. Aston Martin's been struggling for a year or two now since they have announced their uh, second century plan. They have invested in a new production site in Saint Athan. They have invested in a new, a brand new model range to the, as in the SUV. And Essentially, they, yeah. They are looking at developing their own hybrid technology and looking at electrification and that sort of stuff. But last year, in particular, was bad for it. Was bad for all the luxury sports car manufacturers, mm-hmm. but Aston Martin seemed to get hit. Even worse. well, Because they committed to big investments. Yes. Yes, they did. And what's happened is they've been looking for a, a way to avoid going and gaining more debt. So they've been searching for people to invest in the company. And they, they were talking to Geely for quite a while. But I think mm-hmm. from what I've read, that came off the table because they were Geely was pushing for manufacturing to happen in China. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't something that Aston Martin was prepared to do. But in the end, uh, Lawrence Stroll has agreed to take, or a consortium led by, has agreed to take a 16.7% stake, which equates to 182 million. Now, there are some tweaks to, the, to Aston Martin's plans, because what it means is that uh, Lawrence Stroll will become the Aston Martin chairman, Andy Palmer, Dr. Andy Palmer stays on as CEO, there will be jobs and cost cutbacks that will be happening. Mm-hmm. Aston's business plan is going to be revised. The Valkyrie will be launched this year. This is all information in the Autocar article, but if you can't be bothered to click through, I will read it for you. There's only a couple more here. A mid-engined Valhalla will follow and a mid-engined strategy to continue launching 2022. The Lagonda launch is going to be delayed until at least 2025. That was going to be EV only, wasn't it? The Lagonda it was, and that's one of the reasons. And that ties into the next, the next point in it. Yeah, the electric Rapid E project has been suspended, and Stroll's Racing Point F1 team is going to be rebranded as Aston Martin from 2021, which I presume means they will have finished their deal with Red Bull.
0: End of the season, their title sponsor deal with Red Bull ends. Yeah.
1: Okay. That's quite a there's quite a bit of shakeup there. It'll be interesting to see how where they're gonna be cost cutting because I thought they've been although I don't know the the financials, but I thought they've been very clever in the way they've used like the AMG engine. Mm -hmm. They used like AMG equipment in there and then that sort of thing. I thought that's been all very clever. So it'll be interesting to see where the cost cutting comes in. But the good news is that Aston Martin continues, and Aston Martin is basically still continuing on that second century plan with a few tweaks. Yeah, absolutely. So that's good. That is that is yeah. that is very good news. I will also link, and this one I thoroughly recommend that you do go and read, that there was an exclusive, uh, one of the many exclusives, but this was the first exclusive I saw, an interview with <laughs> Andy Palmer discussing the investment deal and the future. And as you would expect from him, he's... Completely honest. It it comes across as a brutally honest thing. He fully takes on board responsibility or where responsibility lies himself. And where he can, I think he has been as open as he possibly can in answering these questions. It's really good read. Yeah. And the questions don't really hold back too much. No either. Um it's uh Jim it's it's,
0: a good 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 set of questions
1: there. Yes. (laughs) You'd think he was quite good at his job or something. He did not waste the opportunity, that's for sure.
0: So go go have a read. If if we we already have a lunchtime read, but this is a bonus lunchtime read. Yes, uh, do do follow the link through to that Andy Palmer interview. Yep. Right. Guilt minute. It's back. It's back. We will be collating. Thank you to everyone, uh, and there were many of you, possibly because you got sick of listening to me, uh, who <laughs> filled out the survey. Really appreciated. Um, we do appreciate your time, there. No, that is great.
1: That is, that is going to help us massively. That really is.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It is. We're back to the previous, the previous format where I remind you about Patreon, where you can give us a small amount of your hard-earned cash and, and pledge that each month, which you can find out far more about by going to MotoringPodcast.com and clicking on the orange Become a Patron button. Obviously, if you're already a patron, then you're awesome, and mm-hmm. we, we love you lots. We do love you uh, lots. And that's brilliant. We understand not everyone's in a position to be able to donate month on month like that or commit to it. If not, then can I strongly recommend you head off to to our merchandise store if you go to motoringpodcast.com uh, again and click on the shop button at the top. There's another link which takes you off to a Teespring store where there are some t-shirts and some mugs. Mm-hmm. So far. So far, yeah. Uh, and that's a fantastic way to support us. Yes. If you're a patron and you haven't done that yet, then on the patron you should have the appropriate level of discount for your level of patronage. Quick hint, if you become a patron, then you can actually save a significant wodge
1: on the merch. Mm. Don't forget, also added to that, that apparently through our unscientific study, tea and coffee taste nicer from a Merchant Podcast mug.
0: It does, absolutely. Mint tea as well, by the way, if you are a mint tea addict like myself. Uh, if you've done all that, you absolutely rock. The one last thing to ask you about is to, to like, rate, or leave feedback via the podcast player of your choice. Apple Podcasts being a particularly good way to do that if you have fruit-flavored devices. Uh, and the last one, really, is, is no matter how you do it, if you actually subscribe to the show, uh, you can do so for free using a podcast player. Uh, which will make sure that the next show comes to you automatically. If you're not sure about podcast players uh, and what's the best one for your flavour of device, do get in touch uh, and we can help you with that. Yep. Gosh, I felt so out of practice doing Guild Minute. I thought it went quite well. Oh, that's good. Formula E, Alan. Come on. Excellent. right. Uh, Sanya E. Pri was meant to happen, and you can tell what I'm about to say next. Uh, it was meant to happen on March the 21st. It has been cancelled because of concerns over the coronavirus, and they're trying to make sure that they do it in plenty of time, lots of advance warning for people, and they're just saying, no, actually, we're not going to go ahead. It would be a silly thing to do.
1: You know, that actually frees up a load of drivers for WEC commitments now. Does it? Yeah, there's quite a few that had, had chosen to go the Formula E route rather than go off and do the WEC, but now they, they don't have that problem.
0: Yeah, we might have to see a change there. So that means that the next the next Epre is Marrakesh on February the 29th, and then there is a massive gap until Rome on April the 4th. Is it Mexico first? Is it Mexico then Marrakesh? Oops.
1: Yes, because Sorry.
0: the next story. Oh, of course it's Mexico. I knew that. That was silly of me. I was too busy looking at places beginning with M because what's happened is already uh, Ma Ma Jinghua, uh the Neo 333 driver, is already under precautionary quarantine in Mexico. So he's gone to to Mexico already. He's been quarantined for 14 days, he's already started that, and it's just to make sure for the safety of the safety of the team, the other teams, the spectators. He's the only Chinese driver in the series. Yep. Uh, but to to ensure everybody's safety, uh, including his own, really, uh, he is he is under a fourteen day quarantine before that Mexico E-Pri. Pardon me. Yes, Mexico Marrakesh, and then a big gap.
1: But what it also means with the uh, Sanya epri being cancelled because Mexico was uh, Hong Kong, sorry, was cancelled because that was supposed to, they were supposed to be two in that region. Yeah. And now no, there's an no. even bigger gap because the Argentinian round has been. Oh no, that's WRC. I'm getting confused with all the. Chillies. No,
0: you see, we're getting on motorsport. Uh, motorsports yes, mixed I up. I
1: sorry. No, no, because it was that was wrc and that was to east africa so forget that but ignore everything i've just said because i've been an idiot good tell us something about the gen 2 cars though alan please while i sit and cringe it's been it's the gen 2 evo so it's the sort of 2.1
0: version it's going to be it's going to be used next year it's been revealed already uh and it has some significant cosmetic changes it still looks all sort of flashy and pointy, but there have been some tweaks to it. Uh, so that'll have be been two seasons running the Gen 2 design, and then this will come in and it will run for two seasons before the Gen 3 design comes along. The biggest difference is really that there is a big shock fin yes, uh, on the back coming out from behind the uh, behind the sort of roll hoop and, and camera mount, and there are no front wheel arches no, as well. So it does away with those, so it's actually got a sort of a spoiler and then a sort of barge board behind set up. I think it looks really cool and futuristic, to be honest. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. I like it a lot. <laughs> I mean, the shape's generally the same. It's the extremities that have been changed a bit. Yeah. The open wheels is really intentional because that's one of the, the the way that the wheels have been fed in in the past has been one of those reasons that people can get away with some of the touring car
1: Style behaviors.
0: This will make it a bit harder for people to do that because they are more likely to damage their own vehicle, yeah, than other people. But that ties so in with the
1: off. removal of so many of the really tight chicanes as well. Because I, I noticed, yeah, there was an article about how they've extended the Mexico track and they've removed one of the chicanes completely. um So right. that will hopefully mean less crashy, bangy, red mm-hmm. flaggy racing, and we can have proper racing.
0: Which is similar to what they did in the. Uh, it's similar to what they did in Santiago, yeah, and Chile. Yeah, they they'd removed that. And you remember, I, I ended up having to talk about that because you were dead. That week. I was lunchtime read. Lunchtime read. Yes, you you spotted this. I was going to call it read of the week. Just there, yeah. I saw this
1: and thought Andrew's going to be all over that. Yes, and the snappy title for the lunchtime read is Alex Roy's Glossary of BS in Mobility, Self Driving, and Autonomy (brackets Winter 2019 slash 2020) close brackets. So. <laughs> What he's done is he's picked some keywords that people uh, should be using or have been using or actions they've been taking and things they've been doing, and he's calling them out on it and quite right too. It It is a great list. It starts off very strong. Autono washing. This is a verb. The practice of making unverified or misleading claims that misrepresent the appropriate level of human supervision required by a semi automated product, service, or technology. And it carries on in those in that vein, and it's great.
0: I read that far and thought this is going in.
1: Yeah, no way. There is uh, well, there was one I I, I did. Actually I like spit bike my, lash, I, I, By the ice, way, my drink out at the next one, which is Boeing verb to destroy a trusted brand through a series of cost-cutting and profit-seeking measures, the sum of which sacrifices qualities at the point of self-immolation. C seven three seven max.
0: There's, there are lots. Do have a read. Uh, Electro-washing to refer to hybrid vehicles is electrified in yes. order to conflate hybridization with full electrification. Lots of uh, full cell things. Yes, full cell thing was one. very good.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh. it's, a, it's a really good read. And he's done it with a lot of humor and everything, but there is serious point behind all this. And I would encourage you all to read it obviously because it's a lunchtime read but then keep a copy close to hand so if you see articles talking about mobility or self-driving you just keep this handy this glossary ready and go hang on are they doing a are they doing a bit of uh what they shouldn't be here in this article should do we need to call them out on it
0: one of my favorite which is not car related and really it's it's actually more work related than uh, or, or day job related to than podcast and car related is a thinkfluencer <laughs> A person claiming expertise specializing in public speaking who keeps getting hired to keynote events despite their predictions being largely wrong. Yes. And it goes on to say, LinkedIn is filled with Thinkfluencers. You can spot them by their bios, which invariably include the terms or phrases innovator, pirate, evangelist, speaker, keynote, expert, radical, etc. These folks come from actual experts who don't use the word expert in their bios and deliver much less future value for their time. Mm. Oh, Boy, a I a song across or two us. about that. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, please, we've just skimmed across this. Do it's well worth your time. It is. And your effort reading that properly. Yep.
1: Go on, Alan. run through the list of the week that no one wants to be on. <laughs> well,
0: now you see. You see, I have So the list of the week is the most recalled cars in Europe in 2019. And it does it by brand. Mm -hmm. There's two ways you can look at
1: this. Yeah, I do think you need to explain that there are some manufacturers have different policies. Yes. On how they deal with recalls. So do, do explain to us about that.
0: So some manufacturers desperately try to never issue a recall for anything because they see that as a sign of weakness and that people may understand that their that people may think that their vehicles are not reliable or something and they often put them out as service bulletins or something like that yes just german brands and a certain american electrical brand electrify electric Electrified, it's not even electrified, electric brand, who do that all the time. Some of them, they don't even issue the service bulletins. Yep. There are other brands who go, oh, look, we have had one instance of a vehicle in Norway where there's a specific type of snow which can build up on the inside of the wheel and could, under sustained stop start driving in sub zero conditions, possibly damage one of the flexible brake pipes. So what we're going to do is we are going to recall every single one of these in the entire of Europe and we're going to change to a different design of brake pipe. Yes. And and that by the way, I haven't I haven't just made that up by the way.
1: One one might think is the more is the more grown-up and mature way in which to deal with any issues found. Yes.
0: So there is so some of them see that as a as a doing the right thing by their customer. And even if it's something really very obscure, they will they will issue a recall for it, even though it's very few cars. It's like six cars or something. Mm. Th- then that kind of thing happens. And they issue it as a recall rather than trying to do it under the radar uh, as a service bulletin. Yes. So there is a difference in uh, in ways of doing stuff here. Let's be clear. There's 20. God, it counts down. Okay. Number 20 on this list of 20 is Lexus with six recalls. Mm-hmm. Let's jump to 15th is Mazda with 10. So it's a kind of close bunch thing with Skoda, Jeep, Seat, Nissan yep. there. If we jump to... What happens next? And then it goes Porsche, Volvo, Fiat, Dodge, and Toyota at 10th. So in 2019, Toyota announced 14 recalls involving 11 models. Toyota Pro Ace had the most defects while the Yaris had the most recalls. Now, the example I gave earlier on might be from the pre-facelift Mark one Yaris, hypothetically. That's why I know it's real, is because I had a car recalled on that one. Mm -hmm. As well as that, don't forget that many of these brands, sorry, I should have said this at the start, stuff like the Takata airbags and things are in there too. So it might be something which isn't anything to really do with the manufacturer, but it's a
1: supplier issue. But also what I think is becoming clear when you go through the list is companies that share a model or release their own version of a model or share a lot hmm. of components or a platform and you can see that then hits each of the partners in that in that build
0: absolutely so i've mentioned the pro ace there so you can bet that the uh, citroen Space Tourer, Space Tourer, thank you. Well, that, that yeah, that's the car version, uh, and the and the Peugeot Traveller, uh, Peugeot Traveller yeah. uh, are also hit by that. Yeah, indeed they are. Uh, so there's that kind of thing. So obviously, where there's there's a platform share and there's a problem with the platform level, then it goes out. Uh, ninth is Renault with fourteen. Fifth, uh, eighth is Ford with fifteen. Seventh is Volkswagen with seventeen. Six is open Vauxhall with 18. The Crossland X was the most affected because uh, they're pointing out, because uh, uh, Gav also points out here that some recalls may relate to one particular engine. Yeah. So it could well be, in this example, the Combo Crossland X and Grandland X all have the same diesel engine, which could have higher particulate emissions than specified. And of course, then you find that those engines. Are also shared with Peugeots and with Citrins as well. So it it only takes one mistake to then affect maybe maybe seven or eight models across three manufacturers in this case. Yep. Fifth is BMW with eighteen. Fourth is Audi with nineteen. Do
1: you want me to? Do you want... No, no, no. It's just who? It's just these are names you're not you. Sh- one wouldn't expect necessarily.
0: But again, it seems like lots because they're brands where one engine is shared in many places. Mm-hmm. That's that's it. You know. Third is Peugeot with 23. It had a, a hit on the 107 City Car, uh, as well as Traveller and Expert vans, yep. uh, which again, same engine, same platforms, yep. gets hit from both directions. Uh, Citroën is second with 25, the C4 Cactus being the most recalled, <laughs> with, with one issue re- concerning an inadequate weight distribution of the vehicle. And top of the line is uh, is Mercedes-Benz with 56.
1: Third so year running.
0: Yeah, all sorts of things. Uh, the car recalls website points out that Mercedes recalls its cars because of every slightest defect. So, for example, two X-Class recalls are due to incorrect data being printed in the instruction manual.
1: Thereby underlining the point you were making.
0: I So I refer to my... I refer to my comments at the beginning of this,
1: my lord. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. That it's not necessarily a bad list. There, it's but you know these things happen. Yeah, and you can see people trying to fix it, and you might see others who who aren't. Yep, tough one that, tough one. And finally, Andrew, in case people think we're never getting there. And finally,
1: this is from the performance artist Simon Wicker. You may have seen some of this mentioned earlier in the week. But he took a small little hand cart around some streets in Berlin and filled it with 99 secondhand smartphones and all logged them into Google Maps mm-hmm. and walked slowly around these, well, just walked around these streets, which then gave the impression to Google Maps there was a traffic jam because there was all yeah. of these people... Clearly, all these sat-navs going, oh, we can't get through this road. It's going really slow. Oh, no. And there's all of them together. Oh, that's horrific. And I think it's just a brilliant demonstration of how easily this technology can be knocked off course. Oh, sorry. Pu- that pun was not intended. <laughs>
0: no, sorry. Sorry. Well, I saw a comment by, by, one of the, by a motoring journalist uh, referring to this. Uh, just the other day and they were saying yeah we've we've kind of done the same inadvertently where it's been on a country road country road in the middle of nowhere and they've been the only car for miles but they've been doing uh 20 mile an hour tracking shots oh okay it's and ways has declared the road red and done exactly the same with only two or three phones yeah in the vicinity. Um so this can happen this can be done accidentally even. Yeah. In fact I think I've no I've done it before as well where I've gone and I've paused and stopped at the side of the road and then moved a bit and stopped a little bit further along and then it's it's assumed there's some form of traffic there.
1: Yeah, but I but I've seen a lot of discussion about how this could easily be weaponized where people have sort of oh, speculated further on so there's things like you could bring a city to a standstill. There's, you know, in extreme measures, um, there's also things like that you could direct people away from uh, a destination. Say, Hmm. I saw one example that people had had thought through on a particular line where they talked about voting. And they said Mm -hmm. that, you know, you could make it that people just don't bother to go to a voting station. yeah, And that could make, you know, effects in particularly tight areas and stuff like that. So whilst we... Enjoy them when they work. We do have to realise there are potential pitfalls, and the tech mm. is not always right. So we stop thinking it is. <laughs> Just think for ourselves a little bit as well.
0: Well, it's one of the reasons why I normally have sat nav set, even when I'm going to places I know five or six routes how to get there, is because I want its sort of eye in the sky and its ability to to know what's happening before I see it, and yeah. definitely before matrix signs above the motorway tell
1: you about it yeah yeah absolutely i i do exactly the same uh I, I do it more so on places where i know where i'm going because it's like well I've i've got as you say i've got option three or four options here If I see Plan A is backing up, I know how to get all around it.
0: It's an interesting one that it's. I wouldn't necessarily call it performance art, but there we go.
1: But I thought it was an interesting way to bring it. He said it's art, therefore it is. Yeah, I thought it was an interesting way to bring it to the attention of people who would not have known this or considered it. Can I add a bonus and finally, please?
0: Okay, yes, of course. If you haven't seen the Jeep Gladiator advert from the Super Bowl yet, with Bill Murray in it. Do go watch it because it's blooming hilarious. It's absolutely excellent. It's so good. If if you haven't seen it, go watch it. It's partly because you and I are both bouncing around in Jeep Wranglers this week, smiling the entire time. A twin test coming up at some point, and I'm going to give a complete spoiler. Really enjoying it. Yes, but the Gladiator advert is so cool. I, I want the Groundhog in a little harness to. They're having so much fun. I'm so jealous. I think I might take the little pink fluffy thing out of Johnny Dearis and just strap it into the passenger seat to give me the, to, to give me a little bit of that Bill Murray cool. <laughs> okay. Anyway, speaking of Jeeps, special edition came out on Friday. Jeep Compass. It did. Thank you for the feedback so far.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Good one. There'll be another. Probably be another special edition this Friday. There
1: is. Yes, that's the plan so far. Don't. I'm partly. Th- I'm partly
0: through editing it. So. Okay, that's good. Uh, we have a little bit of a backlog, so you're going to be getting special editions thick and fast. Well, there's no rear
1: view either at the moment. Uh, that's that's, that's it, still on yeah. hiatus, so we don't want you to go without a Friday listen. If we can, mm-hmm. if we can possibly help it, if if external factors do not impact too much, then the idea yeah. is that you will have something to listen to on a Friday. So,
0: yeah, that's the plan. So, and we've got plenty recorded, and we're recording more. Yep. Uh, right at the minute too so that's cool and that's coming is there anything i've missed mr clues i don't think so i don't think so you're just going to tell me to shut up in a minute so as a result of that don't forget that between now and next week you can give us any feedback share your thoughts with the show at motoring podcast on twitter and instagram on facebook and on the contact page of motoringpodcast.com the hub of all our activities please don't forget about our patreon offer uh, and our merch uh, and please please leave review and rating on apple podcasts or however your podcast app lets you do such a thing andrew what's the best way to get in touch with you best way to
1: get in touch with me is via twitter if you search for crack windscreen you will find me there and alan if people want to check in with you later in the week to see if you have bill to your jeep what's the best way for them to do that
0: <laughs> it'll be on instagram so quickly at motoring podcast but if you want to ask me about most other stuff you can get in touch uh, on Twitter where I'm at Bread. Uh, we'll be back before very long. But until then, I've been Alan Bradley. I've been Andrew Clues. And safe motoring.